Today on Blue 58, you know we're just about to start the season when we start getting regular roster predictions. Here is my best guess on what's going to happen for the Packers this weekend. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of ThePowerSweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Very happy to be with you here for another episode. Like the episode we've got ahead very simple episode. I've made a roster prediction, something you're going to be able to read in its entirety by the time this podcast is out at acmepackingcompany.com. Myself and the other writers on staff there have gone ahead and put together all of our predictions. You can tell us all where we are right and wrong. But I figured in lieu of just letting you read it there, we would just talk through what I think is going to happen here. We're actually going to go offense, defense, and then I've got a few questions about the roster in general. We've started to get some things trickling out from the Packers themselves already um, because a, a few names have come up as as being big parts of their plans. Mike Patton was at the podium today talking about what, what he sees in the Packers' defense, and he mentioned a couple guys by name um, as, as being a big part of the Packers' plans, Chandon Sullivan and Josh Jackson. Now, I don't think Chandon Sullivan was ever in any real danger. Everybody with Tremont Williams on his way out of town or whatever his situation or, or status with the Packers is. It, it doesn't seem like he is in the picture right now. That is a, a different discussion, but something we'll touch on here. Uh, but he seems to have locked up the nickel corner job, at least according to Petten. Petten also says that Josh Jackson is a significant part of their plans for this year. You can believe him or not believe him or whatever, but at least for right now, it seems like Josh Jackson uh, has a pretty good shot of making the roster. There was some question as to whether or not that would happen, but it's been cleared up, and we're going to get a lot more of that type of stuff um, as things go forward. The other big question I have before we really get started here is how many of these guys that are going to get cut are really done for good in Green Bay? The roster is at 80 right now. They've got to be down to 53 late Saturday afternoon. But as you'll recall... The practice squad is 16 players this year. So although they are releasing 27, in theory, they could only be cutting down 11 guys. But how many of those 16 guys that end up on the practice squad were guys that were in camp this year? I I bet it's pretty close to 100%, but also I I think it's a fair bet to, to say it won't be exactly 100%. There might be a couple guys who get shuffled in from elsewhere, just from from outside of the organization. So who are the 11 to, let's say, 14 or 15 guys that are done for good in Green Bay? I don't have answers for that, obviously. And and this entire exercise is more difficult than usual because of the circumstances of this year's training camp. We don't uh, have any preseason tape to go on. We don't have a lot of concrete reporting out of training camp because of the media restrictions this year. We're shooting a little bit in the dark here. But on the flip side, there was also a, a quite a few players who had things all but locked up after the draft already. I was looking back through my notes this year. Things are not all that different on the roster than they were right now than they were right after the draft. There's, there's not been a lot of real significant movement. At wide receiver, for instance, I had three names as locks, another as a good bet, and, and two as as relative unknowns. We had Devontae Adams and Devin Funches as the two diehard absolute locks, Alan Lazard right up there with them. Then beyond that, Equinemius St. Brown, 
Jake Kumaro and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Other than Vunches dropping out, has there really been any serious change there? I mean, are you feeling any less confident? Same kind of goes at cornerback, which was a relatively unsettled position as far as this group goes. Chire Alexander and Kevin King were your number one and two right after the draft. Chandon Sullivan, uh, basically a lock two. Then you had names like Kadar Holman, Josh Jackson, and Stanford Samuels. Again, more or less the, the same group there. You might change the order a little bit. Uh, you might feel slightly differently about some guys. But I think by and large, this roster has been locked in for a real long time. So let's talk about what we've got here. Let's talk our way through uh, the 53-man roster. We'll go offense first, starting with the quarterback. No surprises here. It's going to be three quarterbacks. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers, Tim Boyle, and Jordan Love, probably in that order. Running back, also not a whole lot of surprises here. Aaron Jones is your obvious starter. Uh, Jamal Williams, probably the first guy off the bench after him, but A.J. Dillon won't be hard be- uh, far behind, and Tyler Irvin is going to see uh, some action there too. I think that's going to be it, though. I think that it's only four. I don't think Dexter Williams has a spot on this roster, and I think he's just losing a numbers game. The Packers have said some good things about him in training camp, but they didn't say anything about him at all for months. And I, as good as he may have looked, what is he give you that other players either don't give you better or just give you more consistently. The closest comp to Dexter Williams on the roster right now is probably Jamal Williams. And right now, all things being equal, everyone out there would take Jamal Williams 10 times out of 10 over Dexter Williams. It's just a fact. Even if they have the same skill level, Jamal Williams has produced more consistently than Dexter Williams. They're not going to cut Aaron Jones. They're not going to cut A.J. Dillon, obviously, and Tyler Irvin does things that neither Jamal or Dexter Williams can do, so he gets in. Williams is the odd guy out. Patrick Taylor, uh, the undrafted free agent of whom I was a big fan, probably heads to the pup list. They'll just keep him around, uh, work through that process, let him come back. I'm not sure on how all the rules look. We've had a new CBA since the last time we did training camp, and this training camp has been a little bit different. So, if there are some things with the, with the physically unable to perform list that affect his status that I have wrong, or if you think I'm wrong in how I'm, I'm evaluating that, you're probably right. Um, it, it's been hard to keep track of all those changes, and it's going to take a couple years of this CBA to get all that stuff worked out anyway. You may notice, uh, making this prediction, that I don't have any fullbacks here. I think that's a pretty safe bet early in the season, Josiah DeGuara. And Jay Sternberger will do a lot of the fullback, H-back type stuff that the Packers like to do there. But I would also be surprised if we made it all season without seeing one. They're obviously big fans of John Lovett. Um, And between Elijah Wellman and his name escapes me right now, he was out of Prairie View A&M, another tight end fullback, H-back type. The Packers have tried to find somebody who fits that role. So I would be surprised if we didn't have one on the roster at some point this season, more of the fullback end of the fullback to tight end sort of H-back spectrum there. At wide receiver, I've only got five. I've got Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, and Jake Kumro in that order. 
I don't think it's going to be five all season. I don't think it may even be this five all season if it, if it is only five. For me, I think Reggie Begleton just had too much to overcome here. Of those five guys, I, I don't think there's, there's one guy that you could concretely put him ahead of. Equinemia St. Brown is just the only one uh, because of uh, uh, you know not being around all of last year that comes to mind. You could also make the case that Jake Kumro, you know, he's at his ceiling already. Maybe you just want to try and see something different. But I know the Packers really like what Kumro can do as a blocker. So I think that gets him to the roster, especially considering what the Packers want from their receivers. Tight end, absolutely no surprises at all. It's going to be four, and it's going to be Jace Sternberger, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tanyan, and Josiah DeGuara. Right now, Mercedes Lewis is probably the out-and-out starter just because he is the most known commodity on the roster. But really, starter matters less than it ever has before at wide receiver or tight end. Um, on the offensive line, things could get wild and weird, especially with the, the right side of the line being as it is. Right now, my preferred starting five would probably be David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, Lane Taylor, and Billy Turner. Taylor at right guard, Turner at right tackle. But that right tackle spot is proving to be a bit of a headache. I think Turner and Wagner both make it. Their contracts make both of them practically uncuttable, though I, I think right now he, I would rather spend Rick Wagner's cap on Jared Veld here, but that's an entirely different question. Beyond those six, though, I do think Wagner makes it right now, again, because his contract situation. You've got Lucas Patrick, Alex Light, and John Runyon. Of the three Packers rookies, Runyon seems to make the most sense. You've got Jake Hansen, the center, who's playing a a bit of a numbers battle there. He's got two uh, probably more game-ready center backups ahead of him in uh, Patrick Lewis or Lucas Patrick. Gosh darn it. Been doing that for years and years and years. Patrick Lewis hasn't played for the Packers since like 2013 or 14, and I still mess up Lucas Patrick and Patrick Lewis. They played the same position. It's been like half a decade since that should have been a a problem, but I still just can't get that straight. Anyway, Hanson is behind both Jenkins and Patrick. Um, If you wanted to make the case of keeping him just to to get him on the active roster and and keep him practicing, that's why I I would be open to that. But I think um, between Hanson... Runyon and Stepniak, or Stepanak, or however you pronounce his last name, the guard from Indiana. Uh, I think it's Runyon right now, just because he has the most positional versatility. He can play guard as his primary position. Could probably fill in that tackle, if need be, and and that that is more useful to the Packers right now than having a B option as your second backup at center. If you wanted to tell me that in your roster prediction, you've got Yash Nyman instead of Alex Light. I wouldn't argue at all. In fact, right at the last minute here, I thought about changing those two. Light wins out just because of familiarity, but I think it's pretty clear that Yash Nyman has a much higher ceiling than Light does. He's bigger. He's more athletic. uh, He's got more high-level college experience than Alex Light does. Familiarity probably wins the day here, but I don't know. That's probably one of my least confident predictions there. So, 25 on offense. And as it works out this year, I've got 25 on offense, 25 on defense, and the three specialists. Defense. Let's start up front on the defensive line. 
I've got five here. Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, your nominal starting three, though it's really going to be a two-lineman front most of the time, you'd think. Beyond that, Kingsley Kiki and Trayvon Hester. I think Willington Prevalon out of Rutgers, the undrafted free agent, has a real shot here. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to be Montrevious Adams. There, what What's the argument for keeping him at this point? Um, there are other people who perform just as consistently as he does uh, who also aren't hurt as often and don't take themselves out of plays the way Montrevious Adams tends to. I think the Packers just got to move on here from Adams. I think the flip side of, of that case, if you really want to push, is, is just saying what he does give you on the the four or five plays out of 20 that are worth keeping around when he's playing his two dozen snaps or so in a game can be pretty good, but that's a stretch for me. Uh, he's never been great against the run. Uh, he's been inconsistent as be- at best as a pass rusher. Um, move on. At edge, I think the Packers keep five this year, which is a departure from what they did last year. Zadarius and Preston Smith are your starters, obviously, and Rashawn Gary is a lock beyond that. I think there's two positions here uh, for a handful of players. It's not going to be Greg Roberts. He just started practicing today as we record this, just coming off the pup list. He can't catch a break as far as trying to transition into the NFL. He's probably headed for the practice squad again. Uh, but beyond beyond the Smiths and Gary, I think it's Jonathan Garvin and Tim Williams. Uh, Tim Williams has a, a long-running appeal for this front office, dating back to Milt Hendrickson's time with the Baltimore Ravens. He was part of the group that drafted him there, so I think he has some some fans in the front office that are that are going to pound the table for him regardless of, of production, and he did not have a lot of production in Baltimore or even so far in Green Bay, but he's a good special teams player. And you got to have those kind of guys around. So I think he makes it, and I think Jonathan Garvin makes it just as sort of an upside prospect. The reality is your fourth and fifth edge rushers are probably not going to play a whole lot. I wish they would play a little bit more, uh, but that is not a roster prediction question. That is a usage question, and I wish Mike Pettin would use his edge rushers a little bit differently. Head inside linebacker. This position was all locked up until just a couple days ago when we got news about Kamal Martin having his knee surgery. Nonetheless, I think if the Packers do intend to put him on injured reserve and have him come back at some point, you do have to have him on the initial 53-man roster. So the rules, as far as I know, are the same as the last collective bargaining agreement. If you want a guy to be able to come back on injured reserve who was hurt during training camp, you have to carry him on your initial 53-man roster then put him on injured reserve. So you can't cut him, or you can't put him on injured reserve before cutdowns, then bring him back at some point during the season. That was the issue with Equinemia St. Brown last year. They put him on injured reserve during training camp. You're done for the year at that point. So I think Kamal Martin obviously then has to make the 53-man roster. It does not sound like this is going to be an injury that wipes out his entire season. As a result, I don't think the initial Packers linebacker group changes all that much. You've got Christian Kirksey, your number one guy, Kamal Martin, who would be your starter alongside him, then Oren Burks and Ty Summers. If you wanted to cut Oren Burks and move on, that's fine. You're probably bringing in an outside free agent because I think Curtis Bolton is going to stay on the physically unable to perform list because we just passed the one-year mark uh, since he tore his knee up last year. 
Cornerbacks, I got the Packers keeping six. They went safety heavy last year. I think they swing back towards cornerbacks in their defensive back group this year. Jair Alexander and Kevin King are your top two guys. Chandon Sullivan right after that. Josh Jackson, newly renewed, playing on the outside, is your fourth corner. And then the bottom two are Stanford Samuels and Kadar Holman. Stanford Samuel, excuse me, I've said that incorrectly a couple times now. Uh, Stanford Samuel and uh, Kadar Holman. I think Holman just makes it uh, athleticism-wise, just a fast special teams player. Deshaun Amos might be a sleeper candidate to make the roster there. Uh, Not really a true rookie has played in the Canadian Football League for a while. There, There may be a case for him there just as sort of a reliable player. Samuel, meanwhile, uh, just seems like the best of the bunch uh, other than the, the top four guys just based on, on scouting reports and stuff like that. This is where preseason really, really would have been nice, uh, making predictions on these these body-heavy heavy positions. Finally, safety. Uh, your top four I don't think are going to be huge surprises. Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Raven Green, and Will Redmond. Redmond carries over for his special teams ability. The Packers stuck with him for a long time last year, uh, despite some really uneven play. I think if if they stuck with him through that last year, they'll probably give him another shot this year just because, again, of what he does on special teams. Vernon Scott, though, I think makes it just uh, on his upside. I think he is the next great Packers special team dynamo. He just seems to have the characteristics of a guy who's going to light it up on special teams for a long time. Uh, good size, good speed. It seems like we can count on him for a lot of snaps on teams this year. Finally, your specialists, really, really obvious, Mason Crosby, J.K. Scott, and Hunter Bradley. So there's my 53. 25 offense, 25 defense, three specialists. I've got three questions, though. How much churn are we going to see on the roster? This is uh, going to be a, a bit of a sticky wicket, I think, for teams throughout the league this year. With the rules being as they are for virus prevention type stuff, how do you handle getting guys in and out of your locker room on, say, like spots 45 through 53, those bottom seven, eight spots on your roster? All right. So how, how do you churn your roster in a situation where you have to go through all of these extra hoops to get guys in and out? Are you just going to be moving guys up and down from the practice squad? Do you sign guys to the practice squad with hopes of getting them to the active roster um, in a couple of weeks? I think that's a, a realistic option because I think there's going to be less practice squad sniping this year just because of because of how that process is going to have to work. You're not going to be able to to take guys from somebody else's active roster and get them to yours or from somebody else's practice squad and get them to your active roster easily. There's going to be some some buffer time built in there. Second question I have is whether or not size is going to matter all season long. So this is kind of specifically about the the wide receiver position. The Packers are pretty well-defined body type here. They like Wide receivers who are 6'2", were taller pretty much, and at least like 210 pounds, 215, maybe even bigger uh, if if you can. They like that for blocking. They just like the big body types. But is that going to matter all season? And I ask because Darius Shepard seems to have had a pretty solid camp. Reggie Bagleton's a little bit different there. 
are the Packers going to stay committed to that type all season long? And if things aren't working right away, do they try to go in a bit of a different direction? I think as the Packers have kind of shifted towards this bigger-bodied group kind of top to bottom on their roster, uh, it stands we stand to ask the question at least, how committed are they to that if things start going not so well? Finally, will any of the noteworthy names connected to the Packers make their way to the roster this season? And I say any, really it's two. It's Jared Veldheer and Tremont Williams. If the Packers don't sign Jared Veldheer now with both Rick Wagner and Billy Turner hurting, is it ever going to happen? I think that's that's a fair question. I, and I still don't really fully understand why he's not on the roster right now. The same goes for Tremont Williams. What, what is this aversion towards having a lot of good backups at one position? Right now, the Packers really don't have any reliable backup tackles. Billy Turner or Rick Wagner was going to be the one. Now they don't have any. Uh, assuming that Alex Light is the same Alex Light he was last year, and really no reason to think he isn't. And Yash Nyman isn't ready for the show yet, at least based on, again, last year, unless he's taken a big jump. Who is the Packers' top backup tackle? John Runyon's probably a stretch. He could probably do it, but it's a bit of a stretch. Why not try to keep backfilling there? Same goes with Tremont Williams. What's the harm in having more defensive backs than you think you need? I, I've seen a couple people argue, well, they need that money to make in-season replacements. The replacement time is right now. Start making the time or start making those replacements right now. We are in the season. Training camp is over. Um, so, so start churning that part of your roster now. Why not, why not make those moves? I put out a call today online for your roster takes, and we got a few of them here. So we will, we will work through these three predictions here. Chef Lynn's 50 predicts that Montrevious, Montrevious Adams gets cut and Reggie Bagleton makes the squad. Wouldn't be surprised to see either of those two things happen. I said Bagleton was on the outside, but, uh, but you know, if, if you said they were going to keep six and went light, say, oh, on the offensive line, they really like the guys who can jump between positions. I wouldn't be super opposed to that. Uh, just to try something a little bit different. Again, that, that slightly different body type. That's a that's a fair prediction. Uh, Crit Laquia predicts, uh, by my count, seven things. He says, light is cut, Veld here brought in, Dexter Williams makes it for some reason. Kumaro cut, we've seen his ceiling. Will Redmond is cut, I haven't heard his name once throughout camp. They keep five edges instead of four. Jonathan Garvin and Tim's William, Tim Williams makes it. So I think light is going to make it, but again, I said Nyman could take his spot. If they don't bring in Veld here, I think uh, it's going to be one of those two guys. Um, Dexter Williams, maybe they're just saying you don't want to give up on the draft pick just yet. Kumaro, I have a hard time with just because of, of his blocking ability. Um, Redmond, yeah, if, if you said they wanted to go with Vernon Scott instead, I wouldn't argue with you with you there and just go with the four safeties instead. And then five edges instead of four. Uh, Crit and I are on, on exactly the same page. Um Related to this, uh, this is an entirely different discussion that Crit and I ended up actually having. He said, I gave him a little bit of a hard time for the amount of of predictions he submitted. He said, yeah, I should just start writing these down. I said, yes, absolutely. If you, Crit, or anybody listening to this have ever thought about 
starting writing about the Packers or really about anything or doing a podcast or whatever, a newsletter, uh, a book, do it. Absolutely. Everybody should have something, a project, a podcast or something where you are putting thoughts down on paper or on tape like this, like you're listening now, um, just as a, a matter of course, a journal, you should be writing down your thoughts or, or putting down your thoughts in some sort of medium. It makes you a sharper thinker. It'll teach you to defend your own arguments from yourself, if nothing else, because once you get it written down or, or spoken out or whatever, holes in your own logic have a way of showing themselves. Everybody should have a project like that. That's a really good way to get better at just about any job you're in. It'll make you a better communicator. If you're thinking about doing something like that, do it. If you're waiting for a sign, this is the sign. Do it. If you need help starting it, ask me. I will help you. I've started help have started many blogs of my own. This is at least the I think sixth different podcast that I have started or been a part of. I can help you do it. It's not that hard. I figured it out. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. You should do it. That's completely unrelated, but that's something that I am passionate about. And I think that's something that would that would be helpful to just about anybody hearing this podcast, no matter who you are or what you do. Back to draft takes. Final one, Andrew Bray- Baker predicts all draft picks will make the initial 53-man roster, including Martin, who will then be moved to Andrew Reserve. I think you're, you're right on the money there with Martin, at the very least, making the initial 53. And then I wouldn't be surprised, like you say, uh, if he is moved to Andrew Reserve with an eye on him coming back this season. I, I struggle a little bit with Hanson and Stepniak, but um, if they end up making the 53, I wouldn't be hugely surprised either. Offensive line is a position that I've advocated for. In, in fact, in this very podcast, a backfilling as much as possible. So if that's what the Packers end up doing, keep doing it. Can't do enough developing the offensive line. Those are my takes. That's my 53-man roster prediction. It's probably wrong and awful and bad. We'll find out soon enough. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, if you have a prediction of your own, send it my way. We'll we'll get it out there into the world, and, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, if you are a YouTube listener, leave your predictions in the comments. We'll go through uh, maybe next week after the roster is, is finalized, and uh, we'll, we'll see how everybody did. So I'd be interested in, in seeing your stuff like that. On the next episode, as we look towards the start of the regular season, it is... Ten days away, not as I record this, nine days away at least, uh, at, at the most, I guess, by the time you hear this. Uh, next week, we are starting our turn towards the regular season in earnest. So next episode is going to be predictions for the 2020 season. And then after that, we're going to be previewing the Packers matchup with the Minnesota Vikings. But that is next week. we got to cut down weekend to get through first. Stay ha- happy, stay healthy, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Um, share this podcast if you've got some time with somebody who might enjoy it, uh, who you're talking with over the Labor Day weekend, because that's going to continue to grow the conversation we're having around the Packers and ultimately uh, help everybody become smarter Packers fans. Because as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.